Sayshura, I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, Scooter, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, our first segment because uh, it was <laughs> it was something that I was excited to share with the world, and unfortunately, some initial yeah, technical um, difficulties got in the so way. But if, here we are. If, if anybody's listening to this, if anybody follows our Twitter, uh, we had some recording problems with our last episode. So basically, we were trying to record in a car. And, um, I, I mean, I can already hear people's foreheads hi- hitting the desk if, like, if you're an audiophile. Yeah. Because it's just, like, like no shit. Um, <laughs> we did not think of that, and we happen to have a pretty sensitive microphone. So, um, <laughs> you know, do, deal with that how you will. Yeah, it, uh, it did not sound optimal. Yeah, I know. Least. When I sent it to Scott, it was just, like, it was, like, heartbreaking a little bit. Yeah, because it, 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 it was he, it was a fun episode. So yeah, he he sent it to me. I was like, oh, how could how you know how bad could it be? And then I, I turned <laughs> it on. Bad. I was like, oh wow, yeah, this yeah. is not <laughs> this is not. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, we it were, still probably it, sounds better than like I don't know, like most lo-fi recordings. Like it, it probably still sounds better than like black metal. So <laughs> that's it's, it's a, just as it's just as vault too. That's not a huge hurdle to go over, but I'll you know, yeah, we'll, we'll take. Well, it. have you ever seen like that macro? Is just it's or it has like um the different levels of recording there's like potato like there's black metal and there there's recording on on a potato and nope. there's like recording on tape it's just keeps that, going yeah. up yeah oh that's funny. okay uh, anyway however um so, the reason we were in the car yeah. is cuz we decided to Jimmy was going back to to school and we figured we'd do one last you know um CD hall hurrah we drove up to Portland the almost in Portland um which uh we kind of had varying degrees of success we also went into it with yeah. kind of looking for different things and uh personally i had a hundred dollar visa gift card from uh, my girlfriend's parents and i said you know what i haven't slurged on vinyl in a while so i just went over to the sales section and tried to get as many records as i could yeah and i i ended up actually i think it was on the ride home i ended up buying some more albums off of amazon so i'm probably going to talk about those too okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh but why don't you start off my friend yeah, so like I said, I, I wanted to get as, as much bang for my buck as I could, so I went to the uh, clearance section. There was a lot of really good finds, um, the clearance and use section. Everything was um, between 25-75% off, which, you know, there's nothing sexier than a good deal when you get to, <laughs> when you get older. So, 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 so just like, I don't know, like like a, an erotic dancer with like 50% off, like just taped to her stomach? Yeah, exactly. Like, just... Uh, um so the first album i got um a little little bit of an interesting um story here because at first uh, so it's uh albert ayler and don cherry vibrations um i didn't oh i couldn't open it in the car obviously i was driving but it comes in a really really nice thick pressing and it's uh a cool marble uh light blue which Ooh. is cool. Um, and something I mentioned, obviously, Albert Ayler, the, um, you know, uh, the, the well-known free jazz saxophonist, probably not as well-known. He somewhat of a condensed career, and also the latter half of his career, the albums were just not great. I know. I think you, you, you mean amazing because they're just cheesy. Uh, okay, that's that's a topic. You know for, what? I, I I think that'll have to be our next week thing. Is is I'll have to listen to some Albert Ayler. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that would be, it'd be cool to talk about his career because it, I mean it was interesting, but I really liked um, I forget what, I own I think a double live album like Bells and Prophecies I think it's it, called Ghost Ghost Bells or whatever yeah, yeah. and I saw this, um, this collab with Don Cherry and Albert Ayler and I was trying to look it up and rate your music and I wasn't finding it and come to find out that what this album is is his sophomore album Ghosts and it was later reissued as vibrations which is the name of another song on the album and i think you know based on what i could glean from uh what i saw is that it was reissued kind of as a way to garner some more sales and garner some more um publicity because i think it was around the time don cherry was kind of 
Um, it came out in the mid '60s, so I think it was around the time Don Cherry started to get a name for himself. What mm. he was doing was Ornette, and so maybe they wanted to. Because I mean, frankly, you know, even today with the internet age, I, I thought, oh, this is a you know, this is a, a different album. So you know, back then in the '60s, I'm sure people couldn't really tell that much of a difference, even though the track listing is the same, or at least on the surface, it looks like a different album. But in any mm. case, it's uh, it's kind of the early days of free jazz in the sense that there's still some underlying melody and some underlying structure but it's it's you know still very um you know freed up and, and very uh you know, improvisational in nature or at least it has that kind of you know chaotic energetic sound um mm. it's a it's a, it's a really good album uh, i want to listen to it more obviously with this these kind of releases with free jazz i always like to give it a, a few listens before you know kind of coming to my opinion because i feel like it reveals itself over time you know i wasn't like the hugest fan of, of free jazz but Renette Cohen when i first heard it and then the more i listened to it the latter i, I turned it up it kind of clicked with me yeah um, so yeah it was I, a re- really really cool find i get you do you what other ailer do you even have uh i have Wait, is it like that bell's prophecies thing yeah, i have that i have um oh man i have to check let me see i the one i really spiritual unity I don't have that one. That one's kind of is considered his "quote unquote" best. I yeah. Think. Um, yeah, I have Bell's, um, the live album they released. I think oh, I, the live at the Village Vanguard thing. Oh, I, I have I have Love Cry, which is uh, good. The one I was talking about is is New Grass. New Grass is just it really <laughs> it, it starts out with it's a message from Albert New Grass. Um, and it is like a like you expect exactly what you'd expect from like you know free jazz, and then suddenly, it turns into basically what sounds like an after school special from like the seventies. I I um, see like they that gets me more excited than the free jazz in a way. <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll we'll have to listen to it at some point. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a, I'm a sick person, I guess. So, oh okay. man! On, uh, on my end of things, um, I got a. Uh, I found Shoo Shoo's, uh "The Air Force," which I, nice. I did not expect because uh, I usually I I don't see Shoo Shoo albums like anywhere except for um, the latest one. Forget uh, soon to be, you know, uh, like superseded by uh, "Girl's Basket of Fruit," which I cannot wait for. Same. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, they, you know, listening to this, this was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, let's be fair. It's a shoo-shoo album. So it's like, you you know what you're getting in for. It's not like they're bringing any huge surprises. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, but still, I, I, I really love the band. So, and I mean, you know, just another album that I love to have. So no complaints here. Um, I, I will say overall though, that yeah, like, like my, my findings were a little disappointing. I, I thought that the Spill Moose had a lot more jazz than it, um, than it, like, it, it looked like online that, like, all the rare jazz albums were coming from this one. But, um, I, I guess I was wrong, so. Or maybe they were coming from that one and now they don't have, <laughs> they don't have any Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just, like, I, I don't know. Something happened, like, a, it sort of reminds me of, like, a Newbery now that, like, it feels like that they're, like, they, they keep, like, pushing the CDs further and further back and making it smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, it, it's, it was funny because yesterday my girlfriend and I went to, we went to the, the mall in Nashua, um, yeah. uh, which I think that was one of the first Newbury, maybe it was the first yep. Newbury in the area to move into a mall. Yeah, um, it, it was around one of them. Um, and so we went in and it literally every time I go in, like that, it's really not an exaggeration. The CDs keep getting moved back to, you know, Oh yeah, it was it was an even smaller section. It was even more in the back of the store than before, and it's like that's interesting. I mean, the vinyl, I think, because of the novelty of vinyl, it's you know even still, uh, it's it that's still kind of front and center. And they even have like a growing tape section, which I'll never truly it's, understand. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, the what ne- do you have? Uh, the next one I got yeah. is. This one was incredibly cheap, and it's from a label called NNA Tapes, which I, I really, really, um, you know, like their curation, like the artist they signed. This is uh, Amore Portuti by Tridiki Baki. He kind of, he's a composer, 
ish that basically focuses on that like like the 70s kind of or orchestral pop I think he, he takes a lot of influence from Italian pop like you basically stuff you'd hear in like a you know, one of those kind of cheesy James, or, James Bond style movies from the seventies, or, or uh, like Patton's Mondo Cane. Yeah, that, that's another that's another good example. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't listened to this one yet. I've been kind of a busy week trying to make through. Um, you know, these these other you know records. Make sure I give them a fair shake. Um, but this is definitely. I heard some singles from it when I when it first came out a couple of years ago. Really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, um, you know, I haven't heard the whole thing in full. Looking forward to doing that. Unfortunately, the new single he released from his new new album this year, I really, really didn't like at all. Mm. So I think that's why I've kind of been just it. Every time I look at it, I think of wow. I mean, I know obviously that's not super fair because it's not. You know, who knows if it sounds the same. But, yeah. But that, yeah, the, the new single released, I'm not really a fan of it all. But, I mean, you know, I want to listen to it. A, you know, it was a really, really good uh, good deal. And in, in general, I like the music I've heard from him before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. On my end of things, uh, The Knife's Silent Shout. I, nice. I, I, I Yeah, like, the, this was an album that I, I've seen around uh, at stores. And, like, I, I've listened to it. Like, it's, it's really the only Knife album I, I can really stomach. To be to be quite frank, um, I'm just not a fan of like shaking the habitual. It's just not not an album for me. Um, but I I always saw Silent Shout around and like, but it was always like you know twelve thirteen bucks because it was always new. Uh, but they had a used version of it, so I'm like fuck yeah, I'm picking that up. And yeah. it, you know it, it's it's a fun album. Um, it's not something I would always put on to be fair, but. It's still like I I think it's it's a nice, you know, a little um, it's a nice addition to the collection. As, yeah. as pretentious as that sounds. <laughs> no, I, I I love uh, I love the knife. Um, I, I enjoy many more of their albums than than you do, and obviously there's yeah. nothing, nothing wrong with either of those stances. But yeah, it's totally cool to see you because uh, I think that's um, well, I mean, I think people are kind of hung up on. Well, I don't want to say hung up, but they, they kind of debate Shaking the Habitual versus Silent Shout, you know, which is their best. I think generally Silent Shout has been considered their best for longer, um, but mm. I really love their approach to electronic music. You know, They have such interesting personality. It's kind of bummed because I, I got into them with Shaking the Habitual and then immediately after they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break up. Break Sorry. Up. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. You, you ever get into Fever Ray's uh, solo stuff? <sighs> um, oh, here we go. <laughs> I liked her new album, um, but her. I think it kind of affected me the same way that some of Bjork's newer material does, in the sense that I really like Bjork's voice and her style, but it just feels very drawn out after mm -hmm. a while, and that her voice is just so. Like, she uses a lot of similar vocal patterns, kind of in the same way Bjork does. So it just, after a while, it's like, okay, I feel like I've kind of heard this for a little too long <laughs> i kind of mm. i kind of would like a little bit more and obviously with the knife she you know she doesn't sing all the time and they often tweak her voice and there's a lot extended passages where there's no vocals at all um so yeah uh, i i mean i get you yeah um but yeah so the the next album i got is uh deep marble sunrise by coco leaf now this is an album I remember enjoying a lot, but I did not really remember what it sounded like. And in, I forget how I described it in the car, but thinking back, it was that you, was. You said it was like, like sort of funky, like jazz funky R and B. Um, the way you described it sort of reminded me of the Budos band. I, I that might have been correct. I, I listened <laughs> to it. I was like, wow, I don't really know how to. It was like it's it's basically just. Obviously, this isn't a genre, but it's just like fun summary upbeat music like i don't really kind of it, it does have some some it kind of reminds me of like like 90s all like british alternative but like oh more okay dance oriented like i i honestly don't even know how to describe it I, I was just gonna say that if, if it sounded like um zorn's dreamers at all no but i i, I guess I, not so and i'm not saying like it's something like mind bending or like super genre. Like I'm just it, it just it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint because I I feel like it really does kind of draw from a, a few different places and it, it, to do a relatively simple thing, which is why it's usually when you have a band that's doing a lot of interesting things like that, they're kind of pushing new boundaries. Whereas these people are 
they're just kind of doing a fun, straightforward, yeah. danceable album, but they're using a lot of different tools to do it. Um, yeah. But it's hey. uh, I'm really glad I grabbed it because I, I forgot it existed and I saw it and you know it was it was a you know good deal so I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it I'm glad I did. Yeah, nothing wrong there. Yeah. Um, up next, uh, Jean Michel Jarre, uh, Oxygen, or I have all the all the jizz. Hopefully, <laughs> I put all the jizz in the right places. Uh, you know, I I think this is a pretty obvious one for people who are like really big into electronic music. This is like a pretty groundbreaking electronic album for its time. Um, I you know I I've, I think really the first time I ever listened to it was actually I think after I bought it uh, because like I I knew a couple passages from it. Because like you know, it shows up in a lot of different places. Um, but you know, it, it was just a, like it's a cool album to have. I really love like those really warm analog synths uh, that like yeah, the, absolutely like, like that sort of like eighties type of analog. Like I, I just I love that sound, and you know, this album is just full of that. Uh, you know, so it was really cool to just you know get a little piece of that and to sort of just be able to listen to that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very nice. Ah, yeah, I, I've I've wanted to let's check him out for a while, honestly. You know, I'm surprised. Like, like I'm surprised you those... don't have his. I'm surprised you don't have oxygen, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like you said. You know, within that genre, he's a you know pretty well known, obvious name. Just not someone yeah. I ever you know. The, 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 add it to the the multitude of artists I just haven't listened to for one reason or another. Yeah, you know, I I, I get you. I mean, like Ayler is very much the same for me. Like, I think I've listened to the Spiritual Unity like once, and I think that's like the only thing I've listened to from them. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So so next I have this is an album that came out 2017. Actually, I didn't realize these guys are actually from Maine. I think they're from Portland, Maine. Uh, Five of the Eyes. This is called the Venus Transit. Uh, they're basically there's a modern strain of post-hardcore bands that really takes influence from the Mars Volta and that really um, progressive um, you know melodic post-hardcore styling that Mars Volta you know so you well known for uh, these guys are a bit more they're not as like outlandish or out of control they're a bit more grounded and focused on melody but it's still it's very catchy very interesting and I did not realize this is on white marble vinyl very very nice um i really like the uh the cover the aesthetics and it really it bolsters what's a pretty fantastic album uh one of my favorite albums of 2017 I was very very surprised to see it but you know kind of finding out that they're from maine uh is a little bit less surprising considering yeah. we were at the portland bull moose but i'm really <laughs> glad i found it because I, I totally you know one of those albums i really enjoyed during the year and just you know kind of fell out of my you know frame of mind and and here we are again you know, yeah, well, you know. is this no? This isn't the band. This isn't the House of Mythology record, is it? No, no that, that's, that, that, yeah. that's coming up. Yeah. Um, so weird question. Do you like? Do you can? Do you like colored vinyl? Like, is is that like a um? Is is that like a deal breaker for you when it comes to like buying vinyl, or do you just not care either way? Uh, it's it's kind of a cool perk. Um, yeah. When I first started out, I, I was solely about collecting. I just I liked the idea. This is when I was like super super into. Uh, I mean, I, I still watch the Neil Drop, but this is when like I basically treated it like gospel and like would like <laughs> watch every single review, even if it was something yeah. I obviously wouldn't like. Um, it was kind of silly because obviously color vinyl is more expensive, and it just after a while, I was like, it, I was buying albums just because they were on you know color pressings, and I would not buy albums because they're on black, and, and I just thought that was dumb. So yeah. finally, you know, finally, I, I realized that was silly and, and started collecting vinyl in general. Um, so it's kind of a cool perk, but for me, you know, this shouldn't really be. <laughs> this is a controversial statement, but I I prioritize the quality of the album over the yeah. you know, the packaging, which is um, has led me to you know buy some stuff that you know is not in the best of you know kind of a very plain plain Jane sleeve, uh, you know, in black vinyl, you know, some some older. Um, Especially older Yes records, you know, I've I've mm. gotten some older Yes records for, um, you know, really really cheap on you know black beaten up um, you know vinyl whatever, and it still sounds great. And that's, I mean, the Yes is one of my favorite bands, and um, you know never would have done that if I was waiting for like the you know forty dollar colored pressing of yeah of, like of the like the reissue or, or yeah exactly anything. yeah I I totally I get that yeah. um, my end of things BB uh, King's completely well. I, I swear I have looked for this album 
everywhere. Like, everywhere. And I just cannot find it. And what do you expect? <laughs> like, right in the blues section. Just, like, fucking, fucking amazing blues album. Just, like, the performance... Like, every performance here is just, like, amazing. Uh, the writing... Like, the, like just... Well, I, I don't know. Blues doesn't really have writing, per se. It's more about the performance. But mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just a fantastic album. And, like, really, like... BB King has a huge discography. And I just... I kind of have no interest in anything else but this album. Because <laughs> it's just, like... This album's just so good that I can just do this. Yeah, and I, I'm also just really excited to add to like my blues collection because I, I don't have a whole lot. I wouldn't mind getting more because I, I think it's it's one of those genres that's it's it's kind of tough. It's, it's well, it's not tough to get in, but like I think it's it's tough to go through like all this because there's so much of it and so much of it is very similar, like almost identical. That you know you sort of have to pick and choose what really like you know speaks to you. Yeah. So you know, sure. the, it, it's it's a cool little like a like a little quest for me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I really got. I want to say got into him. That's that's kind of overstating it. But I listened to um, him for really the first time as, as an avid listener after he passed away. Um, and it's really incredible yeah. how how talented he was, and it's. Um, you know, I guess it wasn't a surprise he was in failing health towards the end of his his life. But it I'm was... surprised he lasted this long. Honestly, like yeah. a, a lot of these musicians, like I, I I just don't know how they do it. Like they just they like treat their bodies horribly, take tons of drugs, you know, tour relentlessly, and somehow they live to be like ninety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's fucking beyond me. Yeah, and, and you know you, you hate to start appreciating someone after they, they die or that's the reason you get into them but you know I'm, I'm glad that ultimately I gave him a chance because I, you know, I agree with you he's, he's an incredible guitar player incredible yeah. performer um, definitely yeah. so next I have I'm not going to pronounce this correctly uh, Kitchy Kitchy Kimio Are You Land or Water um, this was I forget how much I think this may have been maybe $5 it was super cheap really really interesting packaging and the thing that really uh, sold it for me is it's on House of Mythology. House of Mythology, which is uh, the label owned by Olver, uh, the the phenomenal. Uh, it's kind of what do you call Olver? Because I was going to say the Fantastic Black Metal Band, but they haven't been a black metal band forever. And they're then, like sort of like a music collective, I yeah, would say, because they don't really throughout their career. I have a number of of Olver albums that really don't sound anything <laughs> alike. Um, yeah, they have. Uh, you know they've kind of run the gamut of styles, which is cool. But in any case, that that kind of seal of approval um, grabbed my attention. And the packaging of this is really, really cool. It's a, it's a nice blue, um, some interesting um, accents on this, some cool liner notes, and this comes on a really cool um, transparent dark blue vinyl, uh, which is nice. I didn't I did not know that because it was it was you know packaged at the time yeah so, so, so you still haven't listened to it no i, I have actually oh okay it, it was it was closed up so like when i got home and opened, i was most interested in listening to this because everything else i kind of had an idea of what to expect with this i was like i want to really want to hear what this sounds like um it's really it was kind of built as space rock kind of crowd rock a little bit it has some really great post-punk grooves like the first track mm. opens with an amazing bass line um, and it really does pull from a number of different experimental rock styles, but it's not abrasive in any way. It's just kind of uh, interesting, very catchy, definitely very spacious. Um, really, really a big, big fan of this. I'm glad I picked it. I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer given, you know, obviously it was signed off by Over in some way, and, and also it's, it was wicked cheap. But i uh, really glad I grabbed it. Uh, I really I never heard of them before, had no idea they existed, but I was you know, glad I gave them a chance. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I always love taking. I was doing like blind purchases like that. Yeah, uh, I totally totally understand that. I, I'm definitely I definitely want to listen to this now though because like you know that I sort of kraut rocky post punky type of thing that that's like been like my shit lately. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, like like I I oh so I sort of a l- little bit of a uh, of like you know uh, you know sort of a side note. Um, I actually listened to Wire for the first time. Oh, which one? Uh, like the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I think 
last week I, I was listening to um, Pink Flag, which, to be fair, I didn't really enjoy a whole lot. Um, but I was listening to Chairs Missing yesterday, and I enjoyed that a little bit more. But like, I think Chairs Missing is the better album, personally. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think it's a little bit better. Um, it's just, I really at the end of the day, it's just really not my thing. Uh, what what they do for for some reason, it just does not click with me. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's yeah. It's it's a bit, yeah. it's a bit artsy. It's a bit, um, yeah. I'm, it's, it's a bit quirky. I'm not, I'm not against the artsy part of it. It's just that like I, I it just you know like sometimes music just doesn't connect with you. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's just one of them. But like for example, like I was listening to uh Public Images, Public Image Limited's uh Metal Box, or like it's technically reissued a second it's called second edition mm-hmm. but it's the same album and i everybody loves that album i just did not see why people like it so much i did not enjoy it um you know it was it was worth listening to but you know i just didn't really didn't really connect with me so yeah, yeah. anyway we're moving on um i got a uh, john coltrane's live at the village vanguard again which i was really i was surprised to even see that at any bull moose because usually coltrane stuff is like tough to find mm-hmm. like at least when it comes to um the impulse years that he's you know uh so like this is a album this is like a live album that has uh alice coltrane on piano and pharaoh sanders also on like i think i think like coltrane and sanders sort of like play off with different instruments so like i think i want to say that Sandridge's flute at one point and like so does Coltrane possibly but they um I, I was thinking that this would be like an all-out you know improv like for, uh free jazz type of thing and, and it is that but it's weird how it, it has like these bases in like Coltrane standards so like the first track is like this 20 minute version of Nema which is uh which is my favorite Coltrane track, possibly my favorite jazz track ever. Uh, so it was really cool to hear like a live version of that. But like, really, that that part only lasts for like I don't know, maybe two or three minutes, and then it sort of just goes on into its own thing, which is it was it was it's a cool idea. Like they they end it with my favorite things, um, and again, like it just it like like by the end of it, you don't know what you're listening to. <laughs> So mm. it's it, it's it's pretty cool. Uh you know they, they they do a lot of like multiphonics and screeching and things like that and like I like I I love that type of stuff. So the, it was a cool listen. I, I really want to listen to it more uh, because I I actually just um I just finished reading this uh this book called uh, Arcana. It's um it's a collection of essays uh edited by John Zorn and um so it's all about, you know, different musicians thoughts on music and so one of the last essays was actually about uh coltrane's music and this guy was just talking about like how damn insane coltrane was when it came to just his compositions um it was just really cool to sort of see that i really want to go back to you know a lot of his records and really just try to you know really listen in to them again Mm -hmm. so yeah awesome yeah that sounds really um would love to give that a shot absolutely mm. definitely worth it uh, yeah so so next i have uh obscura diluvium this is the latest album from uh yeah it came out last year it's uh your progressive tech death they have a pretty pretty well-known name in the um yeah in the, the death metal modern death metal scene uh, i'd say that this isn't it has some great songs on it um it's not my favorite. I think Cosmogenesis is pretty difficult to top from their discography, um, but I really love their their style, their their presentation. This one felt a bit more death metal oriented. Like you know, a lot of times you can definitely hear the progressive elements and, and the the technical flourishes and whatnot. And those are still yeah. there, but this one definitely felt a bit heavier. Um, and you know, it's one of those things that by saying that. Um, it, I don't like it as much. I'm not. I'm not saying I, I dislike it or, or anything like that. It's just it's not um, not quite at the same level. Uh, but definitely still really enjoy it. I'm glad that uh, glad that I grabbed. Glad that I saw it. Um, yeah. Again, you know, ten bucks. It's in really really good condition. It's it's one of the better um, you know better quality used albums that I bought. That is kind of like a newer release. Um, so yeah, I was glad I grabbed that. 
Nice, nice. Uh, well, to add on to the metal, um, Cretan's Freakery. I, I actually don't know much about this. Scott actually picked this out for me because I asked him to just pick out something that, he, you know, he thought I would like. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much like Death Grind. Um, you know, putting it on, it, it, it was it was okay. I, you know, it, it like, it sort of reminded me of, um, I don't know, like... N name a couple other grindcore bands that aren't like the really big ones, like Napalm. Actually, no. This is a little like cattle decapitation to me. Yeah, that's like, fair. I, yeah. At least like sort of new cattle decapitation in that like it's fun to listen to, but it's not like my absolute favorite. Like while I was listening to this, I'm like, huh. I sort of wish these guys more did more nails. Like, like I, I wish I listened <laughs> to nails right now, sort of. But uh, I really don't want to like down these guys because like what they do is really good. Uh, you know, it, it's a fun album. It's worth listening to. I, I would still say though, like you, you could you could pick up Nails' Unsilent Death, and it's like half the time, and you know, at the same time, feels just as long. Um, but that's just me. Nothing, uh, nothing against this album. So it was a, it's a, it's a cool album cover too. It's it's very odd for a death metal album, or you know, for like a grindcore album. Like it just doesn't like. If you look at the at the cover, it, it doesn't look like a grindcore album. Like sort of like, well, maybe not as much as like Discordance Access, like that um, that one album that they have that's like all blue and like oh, sunny. The, the, the inalienable dreamless. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it it just feels like like I you look at it and I'm like oh they, like it almost looks like a deathcore album cover almost. <laughs> but like yeah, they're they're um. Uh, here, I'll, I'll send you a link. So you, their newest album, because they took a long hiatus. Um, yeah. Their newest album, the cover art is is, is really really nice. It's, it's a really cool painting. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you gave it a shot. I, I mean, when you yeah. asked to asked me to pick something out for you, um, you know, I think it, relatively recently you you mentioned um, I, I kind of looked at what you were you were buying and there wasn't really anything heavy. Obviously, nothing. <laughs> wrong, or, or, nothing wrong with that but like it just it, it yeah figured, you know let, let's switch it up a little bit and decided to pick that out because i, I yeah. know they're a they're a well-known grindcore band or at least they're one of one of the more acclaimed ones of, of recent years um and yeah i'm, I'm glad you uh I, I definitely can see where you're coming from it's not my my go-to when i want that style but i i definitely do think it's um yeah, they they have an interesting voice, interesting presentation. Yeah, yeah definitely. And th this new album cover actually is really cool too. Now I'm looking at it. <laughs> this yeah, I, it, I love that. that's actually what because I I initially got into them from that album. It really caught my eye. Um, it sort of yeah. reminds me of um, oh, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, the guy who does uh, Nine Inch Nails. This is like old album covers, like oh, yeah. Spiral and like those ones. Uh, like the fragile, like it's sort of like that. Sort of has that type of texture to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So the last record I got was uh, "Unparalleled Universe" by Origin. This is also on white vinyl, uh, which is cool. And this has a bonus track. Uh, it's a cover of Brujeria, uh, one of those songs called "Revolution." Um, I don't know why I pronounce pronounce that in a French accent because that's not accurate. But in any case, <laughs> um, uh, this is you know, basically as well. I don't want to say that because you, there's always there's always someone can always find someone more brutal. But this is pretty brutal tech death. Like you have the technicality, the speed that you would expect from a tech death album, but this really emphasizes that death metal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the death metal force. It's it, it, they're a great great band. Uh, really, I mean, all their albums they they kind of they kind of hit a groove in a sense. I mean, they've definitely tightened up and gotten better production values, you know, um, added some atmosphere here and there, gotten a little bit tighter as musicians, but overall they kind of do the same more, same thing more or less. And it, it's, it's always great. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember you, you have a couple of their albums, don't you? Or like you have at least one. I, I remember that at one like, point I own it. Yeah. At one point I own antithesis, which is yeah, a, a, that's probably their, 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 it's one of my favorite. It has some really, really great songs on there. Um. Yeah, I really like that one. Mm. Well, so I actually, uh, so as I said earlier, I bought a couple more albums after this because I am just insatiable, I guess. <laughs> um. So I'm just gonna talk about those. I got uh. Well, 
this is an album we already talked about about uh sequentia and hildegard von bingen's uh canticles of ecstasy like just you mm-hmm. know like beautiful medieval classical music just gorgeous um just i, I can't even describe it. like it's just it, it's almost haunting in a way it's like that beautiful uh really enjoyable i highly suggest it for people who like you know like choral music um and then i got two zorn albums so uh one is uh on the torment of saints the casting of spells and the evocation of spirits which is which is just a single album title and (laughs) not excessive at all um and it's a bunch of um string pieces i think if i remember right and like you know it's you know zorn classical you sort of know what you're getting uh it was fun. You know, it's a really cool listen. Uh, I really haven't, like... So, like, usually I start my day by, like, writing, and I'll put on a Zorn album while I'm writing. But I usually decide... Like, I usually just shuffle through my entire library of Zorn albums. So, like, I never knew what I'm getting. So I'm, I'm hoping this one will come up pretty soon mm-hmm. uh, so I can listen to it again. Uh, and then, finally, um, Zorn's uh, first recordings, uh, 1973, which uh, are very weird... Uh, bless you. Thank you. Probably the weirdest Zorn album that I've listened to yet. Um, really? That's saying something. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Uh, it's, But I'm not sure if weird equates to being good in, in this instance. It's, um, like, if you're obsessed with him, like I am, like, or at least with his music, I, I, I consider it, like, this is worth buying, but... For anybody else, especially people just trying to get into it, this is so alienating because it's just it's mostly like sort of like like tape collage pieces, um, but not very good ones. <laughs> like <laughs> like they, they 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 just have like random. Just it it feels very random as opposed to like methodical. Um, it's just I I want to listen to it more because it's you know like I feel like there's something there. But it, it's a tough listen, and it's a really long album. But uh, the, the last track is actually, like, I think it's called Variations on a Theme by Albert Ayler, um, which has, I think it's, it's again, it's, like, all tape stuff, basically, uh, because it's just, like, him picking up sounds from, like, all over the place, and you sort of hear saxophone sometimes, but then sometimes not. It's just, like, it, it's it's definitely, like... Basically, like, like, like it's it's the black sheep in a family of black sheeps. That's the best way I can put it. That it's like, it's a freak even among the freaks. <laughs> it's, it's, but like, I still think that there's something in it. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Yeah. And, um, and I guess to close it out, I'll I'll mention the Zornal. My God. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. You, you uh, totally uh, forgot. Uh, I totally forgot about that one. I'm so sorry. No, that, that's okay. It's it is the last album I got on. Yeah. Uh, you know, vinyl was Origin, but I got uh, OO. Yeah. By O-O. Zorn. It's it's a it's a part of his Dreamer series, um, and I really like this. I mean, it's it's you know, easy listening. You know, surf influences, uh, but I I really do enjoy this. And if it's yeah. uh, if if it's something that my my girlfriend can enjoy, you could tell it's it's not your typical Zorn album, at least what you yeah. would expect. But it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's very very nice, very pleasant listening. Those are always fun, like they. But I I personally haven't gotten a whole lot of them just because of just like they they all sound very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which you know isn't a bad thing. Like I I plan on buying them at some point, but like, you know, what when I'm shopping for Zorn, I, I sort of go for like, I I sort of want to like get all of the stuff that you know like sort of all the different varieties of sound he sort of dabbled in before going deeper into th- those types of sounds yeah um yeah so that's what we that's what we got and uh sadly we did not we were not able to you know share this with other people <laughs> until until just now yeah yeah but, which again you know here, here we are. And, yep, here uh, we are. And speaking of, we, so um, the, we actually did a, um, we, we, we had an assignment for Scott, uh, because a, our last episode was on popular music opinions, and uh, one of Scott's ones, one, one of my favorite ones, is that uh, he doesn't like the Beastie Boys, just at all. Uh, 
and but at the same time, you said that you never listened to a full Beastie Boys album. So I said, and let's let's fucking change that. <laughs> that's why I was super hesitant to even bring up that opinion because I, you know, I feel like that's unfair to to say I don't like a band that um, I I never. You know, never listen to a full album. Yeah, but like, like you, like you've listened to all the big singles. So like, I'm not gonna like, you know, like if if this was like some like weird underground band that like had like, you know, like four albums out, but like they're all like independent releases. Like, see, that would be a little bit different. But we're talking about like Beastie Boys, who are like one of, if not the biggest hip hop group of all time. Yeah. So it's just like I, 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 I'm, I sort of let it slide in a way. Even though I'm I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, um, <laughs> but I so in like so so last week when we were originally recording this episode, Scott uh, did not listen to Paul's bo- Paul's boutique like I, I asked I him to. Totally like, forgot, and that's yeah, because he's he's just a bad boy. That's me. Um, yeah, <laughs> bad boy Murphy. Um, <laughs> so we had him. So we we made sure we did it this week, and. Uh, so I, I really want to know. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm expecting you, you're not gonna like it, but um, l- l- let's just let's just hear what you have to say. <laughs> the silence so, is killing me, Scott. So back in the '80s, I don't know if I've told you this story, but my mom, I think it was my mom, and my aunt, but some of her friends, they went to go see Madonna. This is you know back when Madonna was Madonna. You know she was yeah. huge. Um, the opening act for that show, Beastie Boys, were the Beastie Boys. This yes. is when the Beast, this is when the Beastie Boys were not the Beastie Boys yet. So here come three New York kids onto the stage in front of a group of Madonna fans. As you can imagine, it did not go well, and it was not very well received. Now I don't want to say I disliked this album as much as that instance. But this really, I just, I think the Beastie Boys aren't for me. Uh, I, yeah. I, I tried, I really tried to go in with an open mind. And it started out really promising, to be honest. Uh, I like the production on... All the um, girls. Frankly, I like, I like the production throughout, for the most part. I mean, some of the songs were a bit skeletal, but overall I thought the production was, was very... Um, you know, some of the samples they used were very clever, and they were obviously very... Even for the time, even though there wasn't a ton... Uh, going on in hip hop, you know, so to speak, and you know, we hadn't really reached the golden age, even though we were close to the golden age. Um, a lot of the samples they use were quite different from the time. You know, it was mm. you know it, the genre was in its infancy, but it was still you know different. Um, but I, I like the production on to all the girls. Uh, I really like Shake Your Rump a lot. <laughs> like I love the interplay on that track. I like the the production, and then I really like Johnny Ryle. Even though Johnny Ryle, when I listened yeah. to it with headphones, it sounded more. When I I had it on you know on speakers, and it, those two songs sounded very similar from a production standpoint. When I put in my headphones, the distinctions were made clear. But at first, I was like, "Is this the same song?" But you know, in any case, when I listened to it more closely, I you know I really enjoyed both of them and, and what they had to bring to the table. It's funny. They, they there are actually like a couple instances of songs that sound very similar on Paul's boutique. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um, I think let's see, it could be, it could be Johnny Ryle uh, that I think sounds just like looking down the barrel of a gun, if I remember right. Um, like they, they there there's there's at least one track at the beginning that sounds almost exactly like looking down the barrel of a gun. Uh, which I mean I, I love it so I'm like totally fine with that, <laughs> but yeah yeah no I, sure. I so basically like if it wasn't these dudes rapping over it would you would you probably enjoy it? <sighs> I think that listening to a full album and and if you couldn't guess from. I guess where this was going, things really started to go downhill with Eggman. Like Eggman for me, was just, <laughs> it was just it was way too goofy for me, and like I, I didn't. It's something I actually don't really like about Run DMC, some Run DMC songs. And they make a lot of like, you know, storybook references, which to me yeah. is like not. I've always found that a little corny. I honestly <laughs> like I'm really I'm only going to use this like this strong language once. I thought High Plains Drifter was awful. I I couldn't. <laughs> I hated that song. Uh, I, I will not be that negative again throughout the rest of the segment. But like I, 
Like, everything about it, like, their voices were annoying. I didn't like their flows. They were, like, fucking porn samples. Like, it just, it did not, it did, it did nothing for me at all. What about five-piece chicken dinner? Uh, I think, unfortunately, after that, I tr- everything else just really, I didn't like the sound of science at all either. The rest was okay, but just that put a really sour taste in my mouth, and I just didn't, except for... Hey, and I made, I, no, I made sure to pull it okay. up. Okay. <laughs> so from Johnny Rael all the way until year and a day, I really did not enjoy myself. But I really, <laughs> really liked the sample. And that was the thing, is that year and a day, it's, it's only a short segment part of the B-Boy, uh, Balabois, whatever, yeah. sweet. Um, year and a day was one of the, like the most, the pure probably one of the most pure rap songs or rap segments on the whole album and it was just a great driving beat a nice uh i don't i don't remember what the sample was but it was like a cool 70s guitar sample and i don't know who's rapping but whoever's rapping was just going in and they clearly have talent and there's some great rhymes that popped up here and there there are some some really corny lines that popped up here and there but i think that the main thing is with hip-hop perhaps more so than most other, if any, if not any other album or genre, you really have to buy into the personality, uh, or at the very least, you have to enjoy the personality of the MC to a degree. Because yeah. there are comparable corny lines from rappers I enjoy, but I like their personality. I love Danny Brown. Some of his lyrics are super corny and super you know cheesy and eye roll worthy, but I think they're funny because I buy into his personality. I really think I don't. I wish I knew whose voice was whose. Because I think one of one of the MCs, I don't mind his voice. The other two, I find really, really annoying. There's one in particular I, I really can't stand. And I just don't buy into... I don't like how their delivery... I don't like their personalities. I think that's what's a big holdup for me um, on liking this and what kind of was the down, downfall for me. However, yeah. this... I don't know if we planned this, but this is the 30th... This year's the 30th anniversary of Paul's Boutique. This came out ah. in 1989, which is kind of oh, weird. Yeah. Um, the, I think these guys deserve an enormous amount of credit um, for what they did with uh, this. Like, I, I don't begrudge them at all for the acclaim. I don't really understand. I don't agree in my own, um, I guess, my own experience. I don't personally agree with, with the kind of acclaim that they've they've received in terms of my own enjoyment of it, but for them to go from an album that had, you know, Girls, Fight for Your Right to Party, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Brass Monkey. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> they really, they went from, you know, having like these very, you know, catchy, you know, radio-friendly, MTV-friendly tracks, and they went to make an album that was, um, you know, focused on plunder phonics and focused on having really great samples and doing some interesting things with the genre. And I really commend them for that. They really went in the, in their own lane, did their own thing, and obviously the reception at first wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't. It, it kind of gained, garnered acclaim over time. Um, kind of commend them for the, having the balls to, to do something like this and, and to um, come out with an album that really bucked what they were doing previously, which was making you know some you know nice party anthems, some like fun you know rap rock and. Instead, they made some really, really cool hip hops. Because I think this, the production on this, I have no issue with it. I mean, see, some of the beats I think were a little simple, but also when you take in the context, of the time that it came out. I mean, this is pretty standard for what hip hop beats sounded like. Yeah. Um, in terms of like some some of the more you know just kind of bass and, and percussion driven tracks. Um, so I, I really I appreciate this album more, and I appreciate the band more having listened to it. But I, I this is not for me. I mean, I'd like to try some of their other albums just to be a little bit more sure and how i feel but yeah i, I really did not. I, I i don't think you'd want to do that to yourself scott yeah i i just t- take it from somebody who like has almost every beastie boys album and like <laughs> loves them all like i you i it's it's only downhill from from here for yeah, you like, so so like, like i'm i'm sorry like i feel really badly trashing a band you, you 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 know. shouldn't you really shouldn't though because like it's your opinion like it's like like i don't really care what anybody has to say about bands i like or don't like it's like whatever like it i i just don't see what the big deal is in a way Mm -hmm. because like i I can totally totally see what you're coming to like 
and sort of your opinion on it because like i mean all, all your complaints are very valid like they sound annoying like you cannot deny that i find it entertaining as hell but that's just me <laughs> mm-hmm. and like but what's funny you know listen to this thing again like this was this actually used to be one of my least favorite beastie boys albums just because like people are like oh yeah the production's like so good and like uh, and i'm like i don't really see it like um listening to it again i i really enjoyed it i i thought it was just so much fun to listen to uh i love sort of that be- that sort of smooth well it isn't really smooth jazzy but like sort of like that that low-key jazzy tune that starts up the album uh, to all the girls like I, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that sample. I think that I think that's just a great little instrumental right there. Um, you know, and just even like the the joke, uh, the joke songs in this, like Eggman or like Five Feet Chicken Dinner. I just love. Like I, I think they're hilarious. Because uh, I, I mean, here's the thing: you might not like their personality, but you do have to admit that they do not take themselves seriously whatsoever. Oh, for sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So like I I like that. Like it's just it's so unlike most hip-hop that just takes itself so damn serious like even if they're saying like really stupid things like it's still like just really like serious and i i can't i i don't like that uh but i i really enjoy this i don't know if it'd still be one i don't know if it's one of my favorites um i i still really like um uh check your head probably the most but uh Mm. that's just me uh, that's mostly because they have they have a track on that called um, I think it's called Mic Check if I remember right. Uh, no, Pass the Mic, which is like a really really great track. Um, there's some really great tracks off of off Check Your Head, but um, that's sort of beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we are um, we're introducing a new little segment that we're gonna do every week called uh, Album of the Week. That it's it's not our collective album of the week, but more like for each of us, we each have one. Um, so, you know, we thought it'd be cool because just we listen to a lot of different stuff. I think instead of, you know, droning on and on about, oh, I listened to this this week and I listened to this, and da, 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 da. like it, we could actually sort of get definitive about it and really like sort of talk about one thing in general. And, uh, you know, there's really no rules about it it can be something you know that isn't new it can be something that we've already listened to you know um but it has to be something so Mm -hmm. (laughs) So scott i uh why don't you go first i I really want to know what uh what you have picked out for today uh yeah so we we started a new segment on heavy blog you know and it was just a um it's you know posing a question and the first question is what are you looking forward to this year and I wrote that I'm looking forward to listening to oh yeah new um new hip more new hip hop and you know I've said before that just because of the nature of, of me writing um, for what I do for work it kind of it's difficult to have someone basically reciting poetry in my ear um, mm. but I wanted to try to change that uh, ironically what I spent most of my week this week listening to was an old hip-hop album so so far i'm <laughs> off to a pretty bad start but um i listen to many times an album that has quickly become one of my favorite hip-hop albums it's uh blowout comb by diggable planets oh nice. um i had been looking for that in their i think their self no it's not self-titled but their debut it's a album. fight far region yeah uh for yeah. quite a while and i just i couldn't find it and in the hip-hop section but it was always something i kept my eye out for and then when I was on Long Island last year, when we still lived there, um, I found both CDs for three dollars each, Ooh. and I was like, you know, you know, I, I couldn't find them for the longest time, and online they were a little too expensive for what I wanted to do for an album that I, you know, hadn't really heard before, and here it is, really cheap, and they've quickly become, um, you know, two of my favorite hip hop albums. Blow Out Home in particular just has fantastic jazz rap production very spiritual a lot of you know afrofuturistic kind of vibes to it Um, great rhymes that are um, you know don't they really don't fall into any of the the, I mean they they talk about being good MCs and rapping in the the art of of their craft but they also talk a lot about um, spiritual themes and for you know kind of emotional things and it's a lot it's it's just so different but also embodies a lot of my favorite aspects of jazz rap and just the genre in general um so it's just it's it's 
an album that's really grown on me, and I'm, I'm glad that I picked it up. I mean, I put it on pretty much every morning this this week. Just it's really that's, yeah, it's just an album that funny. I'm, I'm uh, you know I have it on CD. You know, getting ready for work, just put it you know pop it in the CD player. Um, yeah, it's a really really fantastic album. I'm really glad that uh, it's part of my collection, and I've, I've you know finally um, you know, finally have it. More. Yeah. yeah. Does uh, what does your girlfriend think about it? <laughs> she didn't mind it when it was on when she was in you know the the general space, uh, our living space with me. But like when she heard it from afar, she said the the echo of the bass line was super annoying because yeah. it is. I think the the thing that might turn people off is is the songs are relatively long, so that repetition that is is you know kind of inherent to hip hop might be a little bit more because. You know, most hip hop songs, you know, four or five minute long, you know, they kind of, or three minutes, they, the repetition is not a big deal, but with this, they kind of go on for a while. And they do shake, I think they varied up enough, but that might, might not be enough for some people. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I get you. That's, that's a good pick. I, I, I actually never listened to either Blow Up Home or Far Reaching. And it's, it's like one of those albums that, like, I've been meaning to for such a long time, and I just have not. Uh, like, like for example, like, like just this week, I listened to like like most deaf for the first time. <laughs> like, oh, which ones? Uh, Black on both sides. Yeah, I like that album. I I really didn't like it, honestly. Oh, really? Um, it, mostly because I, I had listened to Mob Deep right before it, like a day before, and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Um, but neither of those are my album of the week. In fact, this is a uh, this is a new uh, album that just came out on Friday called um, it's by uh, an artist called Sirachi. Uh The album's called Come Deathless. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a really really neat little uh, electronic album. Like it's very experimental. It, it feels like like I don't know. They, it, it, it's one of those albums that you can't really put like a genre tag on it. Because it, it just yeah. it feels like a pulse from a lot of different things, and yet none of them at the same time. Like you, you, you sort Absolutely, of get like yeah. some, you get some stuff that you might recognize as like IDM, uh, you know. But then you also there's a lot of like noisy parts of it that are like almost like harsh noise, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But but then at the same time, there's a lot of like almost feels like sound art. Like it reminded me a lot of like Richard Devine's last album that yeah, came out last sure. year, and it was like. It was really just intoxicating just throughout the entire thing. Like, and it, it's a lot for a new album to do that for me. Like, it really means a lot when I hear something like this. So I, I'm really psyched that, you know, I sort of have the rest of the year to sort of listen to this album again and again and really sort of come to know it a little bit because this was just, like, really, really interesting. And just super, f- like, well, it, it wasn't, it's not, like, overtly fun, but, like, it's... It, there's sort of an irreverence about it that, like, you know, it, it it doesn't feel like it's so highly conceptual, like so many other like electronic, like like experimental and like noise albums. Uh-huh. It just feels like it's dedicated to the sound itself, and yeah. I, I really I love that. So you know, I, I it, it basically took like two of my favorite releases last year of um I want to say it was rems by uh, i can't remember his name now but and then the new richard divine album is sort of like a mixture of both and uh it was just yeah really really interesting i i really hope it gets a lot of coverage this year because i think that that's i think it's one of those albums that i think really deserves it um like i'd like to see it like to get like sophie level coverage honestly mm-hmm. um though to be fair it's not as poppy as that at all yeah for sure uh, but that is it yeah, I'm, I'm really glad yeah. you liked because that that was I actually reviewed it for the blog, and I'm, I'm really glad that uh, I'm really glad that you liked it because yeah, that, that kind of yeah. came out of left field for me. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I I think because I'm I was trying to remember where where I got it, where I got the suggestion from, and I'm, I think that was it because I always I always keep a lookout for whatever Scott um, publishes on Heavy Blog, <laughs> I think that was the last thing I did. Uh, that's the thing I looked at. Yeah, well, from you, so. it was like like you said. You know, as the album unfolded, I was like, okay, so this is more of a you know glitch IDM album. And I was like, oh well, now it's like kind of noise, and then there's some tracks that are just kind of ambient and melodic. It, it was, it's yeah, yeah it's super. Um, but, but at the same time, though, like it doesn't feel like it's um, like it doesn't have like what I'd like to call I wrestled a bear once syndrome. That like it doesn't know what to do with itself. Uh, like it, it's not like piecemeal. 
to the point that like you feel like you could break it up into all these sections like it feels very cohesive in like one single sound but it's more like you're seeing different facets of that single sound yeah it, it's it's not yeah exactly it's it's not like a, a mess or anything he actually blends it very very well yeah um, exactly yeah absolutely totally agree yeah it was it was really it was a fun listen i i'm i really can't wait to just experience it more so that's uh that's been our episode this week <laughs> yeah thanks so. uh Thanks yeah. so much for listening. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Take care. Bye.